0: Welcome to Joy Sound Spotlight, a new segment of Joy Sounds that features individuals and organizations that do great work to support emerging artists. I'm your host, Chris Sampson. On today's episode, we visit the offices of the Grammy Museum to meet up with David Sears, the Executive Education Director for the museum. David talks with us about some of their signature programs offered through the Grammy Museum, including Grammy Camp and the Music Educator Award, both of which have important deadlines coming up. So let's check it out. From the Grammy Museum, please welcome David Sears. Hi, how are you doing, Chris? You guys do a lot of different education-driven programming out of the Grammy Museum, and I think you've got a couple of programs that are coming up in terms of deadlines and those types of things that we want to talk about. But why don't we start with Grammy Camp? Grammy Camp is, I think, a really signature program for you guys. Tell me about that.
1: Yes, it is. Grammy Camp is a music industry program, and we always emphasize that first because most people think of a music-related camp being one where you send a youngster to the camp so that they can improve the skills on a particular instrument, or if it's a vocal camp, improve vocally. And while Grammy Camp does those things, that is not our primary focus. Mm. Our primary focus is to provide young high school students with an experience about how the industry works and get them thinking about creating a plan that will give them the best chance at having a successful career. We sort of designed it around the thought processes that parents go through when their child tells them, I want to be in the music business. right? That, <laughs> then, that conversation, yes. yes. And then the parents immediately think, <laughs> oh my goodness, this child is going to be living with me until they're 45 years old. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, we Get these youngsters in various career tracks. We have a total of eight career tracks that we offer in Los Angeles at that's, the Grammy that's Camp. That's cool. They're on the technical side, on the business side, and the artistic side. And we give them a sense of what it's like to be in the business, and we also give them a sense of what they need to do in order to create a plan that gives them the best chance for success. And this really sets Grammy Camp apart from any other
0: summer music camp. I, I don't know of another camp that places this kind of emphasis on what it's like to be a professional in the music industry.
1: Yes, I think you're right. We've been un- unable to find another one as well. And this year, we're adding Miami as a location uh, oh, to exciting. do Grammy Camp later in the summer. The large camp that has all eight tracks offered is hosted by the University of Southern California Thornton School of Music. They've been our host for several years, and it's a, it's a great partnership we have with them.
0: That's nice. How many campers come together... And do the tracks get a chance to work together?
1: Absolutely. Because the industry is very cooperative and collaborative, it's important that we provide that same type of environment for the youngsters who come. So the various tracks work with each other. The songwriters will work with the instrumental tracks. They'll work with the vocal tracks. They'll work with the music journalism tracks regarding interviews and things like that. That's one of the things that's very important to us. In terms of numbers of students, At the Los Angeles camp, we will have anywhere from 65 to 90 students. Mm -hmm. In Miami, it'll be a little smaller, between 25 and 40, and there are fewer tracks offered in Miami.
0: Okay. Do they get a chance to hear from guest professionals from the industry? Is that part of their experience as well?
1: Absolutely. In both cases, in both cities, we will have not only what we call Lunch and Learn or Guest Professional Day, where professionals from the music industry... Come in and speak to small groups, or maybe we might have a professional come in and speak to in a camp-wide session and have a and a session and walk through their path to success, but also let the students know insights on how the students can begin to build their own personal path yeah. to success. It really sounds like you've done everything you can
0: to simulate a real-world environment for them. There's no sugarcoating to this, right? This is a real-world scenario.
1: Yes, it is a real-world scenario. I mean, you, you oftentimes hear, you know, you know, you just follow your dreams and follow your heart. And that's wonderful because you should follow your dreams, but a goal and a dream without a plan to achieve it or without real self-assessment as to what kind of work it's going to take to build up enough skill to achieve this dream. Those are the things that we concentrate on. So a possible outcome
0: is, is that a young artist or a young person interested in the music industry would sign up for camp, go through that experience, and then all of a sudden discover, whoa, that's not for me. That could be
1: a possible outcome. That is a possible outcome, and we consider that a success as right, well. Right. <laughs> because it's better that this youngster find out when they're 16, 17, and 18, rather than when there are 35 or 40 or 45. Absolutely. But I do
0: have to say that it's been my observation. That's an exception. Most of the time, actually more than most of the time, let's go ahead and say 99.9% of the time that I've observed, they come out inspired by, motivated, and they can see a pathway for what their next step is.
1: Absolutely, that's a testament to our faculty, who are also music professionals themselves, and in addition to that, have an understanding of how to work with that age group of youngster. We're very proud of what all of us together have been able to build. One of the things that is central to any music career is a network.
0: And do the campers stick together and form basically an early network
1: for each other? Do they stay in touch afterwards and work together? We find that many of them do. If you go. back eight 10 12 years we'll find that there are still campers that are or former campers Grammy camp alums that are still working together with each other still in contact with each other using each other as a resource because that's how our business works our business is very collegial and it's mm-hmm. and it's and it's about networking and it's about Working with other people and you providing them with something and them providing you with something, that's the way it works. Yeah. And that's what we try to encourage in Grammy Camp. And if there's, you know, if there's a youngster who's in high school, enrolled in high school now, who wants that type of experience... Go to grammycamp.com and begin the application process. The application deadline is March 31st, so we need to move pretty quickly. So it's coming up. So yeah. what's what's involved with the application? Well, each career track has its own set of audition requirements. For example, if you are applying to be in the vocal track, you fill out the basic format information, you know, the name, location, and all of that. And then you are asked to submit examples of your singing. Video. Video examples. in, in, In video form. And you upload it to YouTube. You can make it unlisted if you don't want other people to hear it. Yeah. And then you put the link on our application, and then our screeners will look at that. It's pretty much as simple as that. It's not... You know, a really long, laborious process. We try to make it simple enough that students will be able to do it easy, but enough where we can really get a sense of where the student is coming from, the yeah. type of young person he or she is, and uh, what their current skill level is.
0: And what I like about this audition process is is that right from the get go, that's part of the real world experience. At some point, you got to step forward and demonstrate what your experience is, what your skills are. And so, for you to have an audition criteria, I think in, into this camp is a, a great initial step.
1: Yeah absolutely that I mean it's all part of the process should add that for grammy camp there is also a tuition tuition for grammy camp is $1500 However, we also have a scholarship fund, mm-hmm. and we provide financial aid based upon need. Students and their parents can apply for the financial aid when they fill out the application. Very good. And then, when we send out the acceptance letters, we also send out what their financial aid award is.
0: Very good. And both camps, the LA camp and the the new Miami camp, attract students nationwide. Right. That's they, correct. Yeah, they come. They're there for bo- this.
1: They are they are national camps. What we found now they are non residential.
0: Right. So mm-hmm.
1: what that means is. You know, a parent or a responsible adult that the foundation approves must accompany the student to the city where camp is being presented. What we have found is that if we present camp in a quote-unquote destination city where Parents would like to vacation, for example, then that makes it easier <laughs> Such to as get Los out. Angeles such or as, Miami. Such <laughs> as Los Angeles or Miami, you know, and that becomes a, a benefit to us. The Miami camp is different in a, in a couple of ways. One, it will, it will have fewer tracks and fewer campers, right. but two, it's being supported. By Royal Caribbean. Through Royal Caribbean support, we are actually able to discount or give an instant rebate on that $1,500 tuition to the tune of $1,400, meaning that if you live in the Miami area and get accepted to camp, you only have to pay $100 to go. Wow, that's awfully generous. Yeah. and That's a great incentive. Well, congratulations
0: on getting the new Miami camp going.
1: Yeah, we're, we're excited to be involved with them. It'll be held at their performance facility on the north campus of Florida International University.
0: And you had mentioned that application information, all the details about what we're talking about can be found at GrammyCamp.com, That's correct.
1: GrammyCamp.com.
0: Let's talk about the other signature program that the Grammy Museum administers, and that's the Music Educator Award, because that deadline is also approaching, right?
1: That is correct. Any music educator, kindergarten through college can apply for this award. And we go to a lot of educational conferences and oftentimes a teacher will say, well, you know, I don't want to apply for an award because I just want to teach my students. Sure. And we say, "We well, look, we totally understand that. But one thing that we have found since we launched this program a few years ago is, one, we have been able to shine a positive light on the wonderful work that the tens of thousands of music educators are doing across the country. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And we
1: can't do that if we don't have a program, and we can't have a program if we don't have teachers who apply for the program.
0: So they can self-nominate? or I, Absolutely. Or I assume you, you accept nominations from other people who want yes, a music in, teacher. Anyone can a nominate
1: degree. a teacher, but a teacher does not have to be nominated by an outside person in order to apply. Very good. We added the nomination process so that the rest of the community could be involved in the process. We also find that by having this program, it gives us a, quote-unquote, louder voice or more effective voice when we are advocating for the support of music education.
0: That's what's key, really, because, as you say, music educators can be a humble bunch. We just kind of want to go about our business and um, do it for the sake of the students, advancements of music education, all of those things. But when it comes down to it, we also have to advocate for our positions, for our funding, for our spaces, and it's programs like these that shine a light on it.
1: Absolutely. When I was in college and I decided that in addition to being a music professional, part of my music professional career was going to be an educator, one of my mentors, Dr. Vernon Leidig actually, Mm -hmm. said, it is important for you to advocate for music education. He says, that's why I go to Sacramento all the time. We are in California. That's why I go to, you know, the state capitol to advocate for music education and do that. I, at that time as a college, young college student, I didn't understand it. I didn't get it. When I started teaching and in the mid-70s, when the major cuts started happening across the country, that's when I finally got it and said, well, you know, perhaps... If I and some of my fellow students had been better advocates the way we were asked to be, this wouldn't have been so bad for us when we went through this. We can't stress enough how important it is to advocate for your program, and particularly when it's going well. That's for sure, because you want to highlight those
0: successes so that even more people get behind you, and it it strengthens the infrastructure.
1: Absolutely, it does.
0: How many people are recognized through the Music Educator Award? So out of all the nominees,
1: do you select one? Eventually. But what happens is there is a a selection process, and because there's so many who apply, the first round of selection is done electronically according to the application that they complete. And that gets us anywhere from 200 to 225 quarter finalists. Those quarter finalists are then asked to send in supplemental materials, examples of them teaching, other examples, and then that goes through a screening process, a two-step screening process, actually, with screeners who do an initial screening of the application and those Mm -hmm. additional materials. Mm -hmm. And then there's a secondary screening, screener committee that looks at them again That's followed by a conference call to select 25 semifinalists. The semifinalists each receive a $500 cash award for themselves. Oh, that's nice. Very nice. That is matched by our industry partner, the Ford Motor Company Fund, who matches that for the school's music department. Fantastic. From the 25 semifinalists, we select 10 finalists. The 10 finalists receive an additional $500 making it a total of $1,000, which is matched by Ford Motor Company Fund. And then from the 10 finalists, we select the ultimate person who is the quote-unquote winner. It's a term I don't really prefer to use. Understood, Because they're all winners. Absolutely. But that person receives a $10,000 award that is also matched for the school's music department, and that person is brought to the host city of the Grammy Awards during Grammy week. And for each year... Of the program, we've actually been able to carve out a few seconds on the Grammy telecast to recognize that person.
0: Very important, because again, that, that highlights the importance of music education just in that moment alone. Absolutely. The recognition is deep. It's not just a single person. You're recognizing... It sounds like dozens of music educators will, we are. Be, will be recognized through this process.
1: We are. Towards the future, how can we mine the expertise of all of these great teachers mm-hmm. and share some of what they are doing that makes them successful with the rest of the music education community and the education community?
0: Absolutely. And
1: towards that, we are going to start actually next month collecting best practices, tips, not really lesson plans, but just Strategies for effective teaching. We're going to start collecting them, and these music educators will be one of the groups of educators we ask to submit these best practices tips. Mm-hmm. We will then form an online knowledge bank, as it were. That's kind yeah. of a working title. We don't know what it's going to be. It, okay. And Grammy in the Schools is our umbrella name for all of our programs, and right now the working title is the Grammy in the Schools Knowledge Bank that will essentially be created by teachers for teachers. They'll be able to go online, download as many of them as they like to use to help enhance their teaching ability and techniques. That's great. So it is something that uh, in, in my tenure here as an employee, it has been the one thing that's pretty consistent that I hear from teachers year after year after year. I wish there was some way for us to interact with each other. And that's not just the Music Educator Award teachers, but it's when we go out and do Grammy Career Day or when we have signature schools, or, uh, or we just go to a conference and talk to teachers, that seems to be the one thing that's, that's consistently yep. asked for. Because
0: it's very easy for a music teacher to just get isolated in their, in their work, in their room, and they feel like they're on an island, don't they?
1: Absolutely. If you're a high school teacher or a middle school teacher, you're maybe one of two or three teachers in your department, and maybe you're the only music teacher yeah, in that school right you look at the english department there may be 20 25 english teachers there and they can all interact with each other and talk to each other and share ideas and that's really something that's that's pretty powerful sharing those those ideas that music educators don't always have the opportunity to do particularly on their own campus they have to go to a meeting of some kind right. or they have to go to a conference and that's just a different environment i really first started talking about this thinking about it when i went to be one of the founding teachers at a music magnet high school in los angeles many years ago and discovered you know that the interaction with the other 8 music teachers on staff was just amazing. It made me so much a better teacher. We all became better teachers and, and able to provide better service to our students Absolutely, as a result of being able to collaborate with each other and share ideas and, and share, you know, have you tried doing it this way and have mm-hmm, you tried doing mm-hmm. it this way and that has been very helpful, and I've, I've always kept that in mind. That was one of the things that made us so successful, you know, those first several years of the existence of this particular school.
0: And so now this is just the 21st century version of it. You're, exactly. Yeah. So, um, exactly. so this Knowledge Bank is going to be a really deep resource. Now Now that you've built this community of music educator recipients mm-hmm. uh, that anybody can benefit right. from. Remarkable.
1: We're starting small, and we're going to make it part of our monthly newsletter that goes out. We'll, we'll probably spend the first few months, maybe even to the end of the school year, collecting some of them, okay. and we're thinking about launching it in terms of people being able to download the best practices tips at the beginning of the 2020-2021 school year.
0: I don't know if we mentioned it, but the nominations for the Music Educator Award is the same deadline as Grammy Camp, right?
1: The applications the is application. the same deadline. Thank the, you. The nomination deadline is March the 15th, so that the teacher has an opportunity if oh. he or she is nominated to fill out the application and get it in by the 31st. Great. However, remember, teachers, you don't have to be nominated in order to apply. We need you to apply if only because you want to advocate for music education to be supported in schools across the country. So let's clarify that even one more time. It's March
0: 15th. March the 15th is starts. a
1: nomination deadline very good for people who are not teachers to nominate a teacher understood but a teacher can apply up until march 31st where can they go online to learn more uh-huh. about this GrammyMusicTeacher.com Music We'll take you right We'll take you right To the page Yeah Yeah The overall site is GrammyInTheSchools.com If you go to GrammyInTheSchools.com You can get to Any of our programs Including Grammy Camp And the Music Educator Award And, and other things There's one more item that, that I would like to Bring up and talk about If I may Sure And it's really related To the whole advocacy piece That we were talking about In music education If you ask A school principal Or if you ask someone Outside of music why is music important usually the principal will say something like well it's you know it the students really like it mm-hmm. it helps with uh, attendance levels they're at school those types of things right we believe as music educators that music education does a lot more than that we think that music education contributes to making students, college and career ready, Mm -hmm. which is the goal of almost every school district in the United States to make their graduates college and career ready. That's for sure. The issue is, though, we have not up to this point as music educators been able to give the quote-unquote outside world of music education tangible evidence of how what we teach is beneficial and contributes to making kids college and career ready. Mm -hmm. Learning things like focus, practice, and other disciplines that some people call soft skills that that we know are taught in music. We always talk about the quote-unquote
0: transferable skills that music provides. But it's very rare when anybody actually, in a concrete way, identifies what those skills are and how
1: how you can put them to use. Or or is able to give tangible evidence to that principal or that board member or or that superintendent. Here are assignments that I am doing with these kids, with these young people, to teach them these things. So, a couple of years back, we decided to write a book about that. And we enlisted... The wonderful talent and skills of Mr. Chris Sampson.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was honored to be asked to do this. You, you had such a clear vision for it. I was excited by it because I did think that it was a really missing component in the conversation. We, As I mentioned, we always talk about these transferable skills in music education and how important it was, but we weren't making that concrete connection. So when you brought the concept
1: to me, I was honored and thrilled to actually yeah. uh, write the book for it. It was really a, you know, a great process, you know, going through this. And the book is out now. It's called Careers Through Music. It's distributed by Alfred Music. We didn't just create a book of really cool lesson plans highlighting these skill sets. What we did is we considered our audience. And if you are a high school music educator, we considered where is the largest audience and the largest audiences are the ensemble classes for the most part right so we wanted to write this book that could possibly be used in an ensemble class then we thought okay what's the roadblock to that right well the roadblock to that is if i've got an ensemble class and i've got a rehearsal i'm unlikely to give up an entire rehearsal period to teach something that doesn't have anything to do yep. with performing the music we're working on part of You know me driving you crazy when this book was written. It says, these lessons have to be delivered in eight minutes of class time or less. It was a a fascinating challenge. It was a great challenge. And you you did a wonderful job of making that happen. And so these lessons can be delivered in eight minutes or less. The students then go home and do the research and and do the homework themselves and come back and you do a follow-up, if you like. We also did not write the book sequentially so the teacher can decide in which sequence he or she wants to use the lessons when they want to use the lessons. And on the advocacy side, now, instead of a teacher saying, well, if you want to see how I teach kids to focus, how I teach kids these various transferable skills that we talk about, come and visit my class, knowing that they're not going to come and spend that much time in your class to see that you're doing it. You now have these assignments. These are the assignments that I teach. I teach out of this book. And to make it easier on their pocketbook, which was an idea I I think that came from Alfred themselves, the teacher who purchases the book has a license to photocopy the lessons, Mm -hmm. meaning they don't have to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars to buy classroom sets of the book. Right. Each teacher buys one book, right? And photocopies the lessons. To even deepen the
0: resource, there's a series of videos that complement the book that I in in my opinion are sort of the hidden gem. That's the value of the book is that's, to hear from these professionals and to understand how their music experience transferred into their professional
1: career. Exactly. And not all of the professionals in these videos are music professionals, that's but correct. they all had music education and the disciplines that they learned in music education helped them in their career, whether it was in financial services or whether it was as an attorney or whatever. And and that's that's what we're talking about, that it helps make students college and career ready, not just for the music career, but for any career. We literally talked to dozens of teachers across the country. As of the recording of this podcast, we have just heard from one of the largest school districts in the country that they are going to purchase 200 copies of the book to distribute to their music educators so that the music educators in their district don't have to take them out of their instructional materials account or out of their student body account. The district is purchasing the book. So, you know, we know it's going to take some time for it to gain some traction, but that's 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 a big one for us. That's
0: the type of impact you are looking for.
1: Yes. That's fantastic. If you live in the Los Angeles area, I would encourage you... To take an afternoon and come visit the Grammy Museum. Yeah, it's fantastic. There are really some amazing things there that are they're going on. We just opened just a few months ago a Latin music exhibit. An exhibit going on right now is one on Amy Winehouse. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a museum that's dedicated to recorded music regardless of genre. So we cover the entire spectrum.
0: And at the heart of the museum is the Clive Davis Theater, where the museum presents Mm -hmm. some amazing public programs.
1: Yes, the the public programs are are extremely popular. It's a 200-seat intimate theater. There's not a bad seat in the house. First class lighting and PA system, and you know, everyone from Parliament, Funkadelic to you name it have been on that yeah. stage in interviews and intimate performances.
0: David, thank you so much. So, one more time, what is the website for people interested in Grammy Camp? GrammyCamp.com. How about people interested in Music Educator Award? Where should they go?
1: Grammy Music Teacher. Dot com Fantastic. Or and they can go to GrammyInTheSchools.com and get to anything that we do. Anything. Right. And
0: that includes the Careers in, Through Music includes, book that we talked about as well. It includes all
1: of that, yes. GrammyInTheSchools.com to get to any activity that we do.
0: David Sears, it's been a pleasure talking with you and learning more about your work. Keep it up. This is important work. So appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. It. It's, yeah. it's
1: very exciting, and we have, it's very exciting about, you know, what things we can do in the future as well. Thank you, David. Thank you for having me.
0: My thanks to David and to the Grammy Museum for making today's show possible. If you know of an individual or an organization that does great work to support emerging artists, send us an email at info at joysoundsmusic.com. Until next time, this is Chris Sampson. Thank you so much for listening.